Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Kia welcome to another Aotearoa Rugby pod. The All Blacks off to, well, a big start, big score, big scrum, big tries. But are they where we need them to be heading into the World Cup year? Of course, the Springboks looked amazing and the All Blacks play them this weekend, along with the superstars they didn't play last weekend. We talked a little bit about Sam Kane as well, that foot trip, and what that all means the security for players on the field and how they should react to that and also the Black Ferns of course another big win heading into a game against USA which should be another big win how are they progressing this year as usual the guys joining me in the studio Bryn Hall of course former Crusader mm. we love having you here in the studio Bryn it's great to be back oh, yeah. second yes. week in a row it's, real yeah. it's a record isn't it it's a record <laughs> it's good and James Parsons of course he had another great weekend of watching footy oh geez, it was good it's good. Even got my old mate dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah, Blacks fifteen. Yeah, the commentary mm. debut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got a lot of appreciation for you now, Jip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's um. Got to bring that energy, don't you? You do. You actually yeah. do. But now it's great. Hopefully, we can touch on that um results because a couple of guys I thought put up their hand if there are injuries. Yeah, had some really good games against the Japanese on the weekend. Great. We'll get into some more Blacks fifteen a little bit later on as well. There you go. But let's start with the All Blacks versus Argentina. Forty-one twelve. A big win. A lot of tries in the first half. Were you impressed, Bryn, overall after that game, outside of the scoreline and, and the scrum? Were they working the way that you wanted them to? Well, I definitely think so. Look, I, th- I don't think we can be too dis- no, not happy with the 31-0 kind of half-time score. You know, scoring five tries in the first half. We talked around the breakdown area. I thought the interplay between um, the forwards was really good. Um, don't know if you noticed, Strip, but obviously I think that was a little bit wider in their attack with Aaron Smith and getting a really good ball and being able to get over the advantage line with the midfield backs and the wingers as well. But look, I think um, overall that first 40 minutes... You can't get a lot better, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think the second half, we kind of fell away a little bit. Sometimes that tends to happen when you've got a lot of points going and you'd maybe try a few more things. But look, I think heading into where the South Africans in the breakdown area, which we talked about last week, I thought it was a real improvement along with their set-piece dominance as well. Yeah, I, I think you can see that probably looking at the two games, um, you know, the Aussies and Springboks and this game, discipline, like we, we laboured the point over and over, you know, like your accuracy at mall time and your accuracy at the breakdown time and if you're going to allow teams to sort of piggyback themselves up the field um, you know, I thought defensively the All Blacks like outstanding on attack I agree with you, I thought, you know, even when Dayan was receiving it um, you know, his width, but how flat he was to the line would just carve off, you know, three or four defenders, which just leaves them short on that fold, so if they don't make that initial bend you know, he can sort of, you know 
I suppose, explosive like Bowman's yeah. try. Um, but, yeah, it, I just think defensively, though, is where we've sort of um, looked at. And, and if you look at, I think, Carreras is a good example. He had to have 12 carries, and out of those 12, 33% of the time, he only made game line. So eight times he's caught behind the game line because he can't get to that option outside him, so he has to tuck and go, and then he's getting dominated in the collision, and we all know that these collisions are going to be the big part. And I thought both sides of the ball, you know, Rico Ioane, Geordie Barrett, um, Shannon Frizzell was yep. massive in terms of getting across that game line, Scott Barrett. Um, you know, all these guys stepped up and dominated in the areas that we said would be key going into the World Cup, so I think you can be certainly happy mm. um, with that from a starting point because I, I believe the more time they'll have together, they'll only get better. I thought everybody did their job very well, especially in that first half. If you're talking around defensively, yep, no points try, no, no, no points were scored. But I look at you know Bowden Barrett's try, um, the ability of a play, you know, the play two call, and that comes back to communication, bringing that in. And that's what I want to see coming to these big test matches. When you see an opportunity, you're able to try and execute with the action call, and then get the ball in, and then we ended up scoring off that for Geordie Barrett's try. And then also you look at the line that Rico Ioane runs for Damien McKenzie to open up that open up that gap. That's because Damien, oh sorry, that's because Geordie Barrett's going square. Rico Yuan is punching into that hole and that centre has to make a decision out the back and then we end up scoring a try like that. But I, I like how they had, it was, it was weird in the sense that, very similar to the Crusaders, um, in the sense that it was so flat. You know how you always talk about Havili? Yep. But then that ball to pull it back, even when McKenzie wraps, that depth to create that separation and make the defender indecisive, which yep. then allows him to explode and use his pace. So they've got that flat and fast and that physical presence with those two midfielders. Yep. But man, they're so skillful. Like a Geordie Barrett's, his delicate touch yep. and his ability to get that pass to a, a, a space and a depth that allows a McKenzie and, a, and Barrett and you know the, the speedsters out wide. I thought Nawara was outstanding yep. in terms of his performance, again, more defensively than on mm. attack, but he was great on attack. Um, but that depth, that going from flatness to then having that separation just to me looked really, really sharp compared to previous yep. seasons where they've struggled with that line speed pressure. Yep. It almost um, made the defence second guess everything and, and stop the line speed and then created the opportunity. And just one final thought on that, I thought Aaron Smith's passing, man, it makes it so much easier when you've got a nine that can just get it nice and flat. You look at the amount of times that Aaron was able to put on the, put on the money and as you know as an attacker, if you're getting that ball right then and there, you haven't been able to have a little look up and see what's coming there in front of you. So obviously Aaron has played a lot of test matches, but great balls this weekend. You know what I'm going to say here. <laughs> it's because the big boys won the competition, <laughs> got a deep breakdown clean and just allowed it's him true. to get it out yeah. of there. But even from said piece, we were talking about it earlier, there was front ball in the line-out, which we all say is not as good for attacking. Smith is taking that front ball from the line-out. He's hitting McKenzie 15 to 20 metres in field, and they're attacking off front ball. Yeah, oh, outstanding. But also, you watch the delivery of how f much it gets on a 45. Even when they get that yeah. front ball, like the delivery, he's almost middle of the line-out, not mm -hmm. taking away from the pass, but there's so many variables that are allowing them to be, all of them do the best, but I think Bryn hit it on the head. As individuals, they just did their job. Mm, yeah. um, Shannon Frizzell, great line-out option. You know, I've, I've talked about it in terms of the sixes being that line-out option as a hooker. You always want, you know, those big boys, we've sort of spoken about the three locks playing. Um, but, man, I think he, he really stamped a mark on that six jersey on the weekend. And that time he spent with the Highlanders at lock mm. um, has certainly paid dividends in terms of his understanding on attack and where to get to and, and jumping that space. But defensively, the All Blacks yeah. line-out time were great. They kept Argentina yeah. at 75%. And again, last week we said set piece, man. If you can disrupt set piece but yeah. be clean on your ball, 
you just give yourself so many more opportunities. I think that's one position. I don't know where they're going to go, Jip, because you know they've talked about Scott Barrett being at six. But I think the way that Shannon Frizzell played on the weekend, you can't not. You know, think you'd give him another opportunity. Not too sure with Sam Whitelock, but you're talking about the defensive pressure, knowing that the South Africans have a lot of options in that line-out. It's going to be a really hard selection call, and I think you know having those meetings are really good for the internal battle, but um, yeah, really tough decision around who you're going to go with six and where you're going to go in those locking stakes. Well, previously, if we look at, I suppose, history, Sam runs the line-out. Mm. You know, Kieran Reid did have time where he called it, but I think you know Sam probably is the attacking um, line out, but on the weekend with Lord and Barrett, it was really, really efficient. Yep. And I think the selection of Coles was so good because just his um, calm, composed head um, in that big sort of uh, occasion, you know, really allowed guys like Lord to, you know, sort of take the pressure off them and um, allowed them to step up. And I thought, you know, people would say he's he's had a few injuries and he probably hasn't had the minutes, but man, they know a Test match player, and, and he certainly mm. lives up to that. Approaching this weekend then, where do you go with your locks? Well again, it's a very hard decision. You'd have to think in a big test match knowing that this, this test match is probably a big one. You're, you're kind of New Zealand top team that we're going to pick, you know. So you'd have to think they might go to the tried and true of having um, Retallick and Whitelock, if Whitelock's fit. Because then you also have the ability around, you know, you could play any of them, Barrett as well, Tupo Vai, and you talk about Josh Lord, and it might just be able to keep guys fresh in that kind of mould. So. Wouldn't be surprised if they go with Whitelock and Retallick and then having Scott Barrett, if he's not at six, have him on that bench or bring him on for 30 minutes. With obviously, if Whitelock does play, he has had that Achilles um, issue as well. So there, There's a reason they gave those guys you know, limited minutes or none. Mm. Is, is they'll know. They probably would have picked that you know, starting 15 at least um, last week. And based on that, you'd think Retallick and Whitelock will be in there um, with Barrett sort of filling that Tupovati role yep. of, of lock six. Mm. Um, that's how I, I'd see it going. I, I just think you do need Whitelock out there, especially against the Springboks. You, you know, although you know statistically they may not looked as um, efficient as it appeared, um, they were very, very good at set piece time on the weekend. There has been some conversation about the merits of taking those guys all the way over to Buenos Aires and then bringing them all the way back for a test like this when you, the box have got their guys turning up. Even Edzebeth, Ludiaca, you know, these guys are in New Zealand rested, fresh and ready for their teammates to arrive. I just think touring and having that time in hotels and stuff is so invaluable, especially when they've had limited prep. Like, to me, it, it makes sense and it also keeps players engaged. Uh, you can rest still there, but, you know, you, they, they're going to make that big trip back and there's, you couldn't have had a 23 waiting back here, you know, so we've got teams playing left, right and centre. So I, I think it was a smart decision and if you look at the result and knowing what those players would have added during the week in terms of their mini, you know, sort of IOU groups, um, I, you know, it's a, it's a no-brainer for me that it had to happen. And then you look on the other side for South Africa, the guys that ended up playing against that Australian team, man, they were impressive. Yeah. Guys that we haven't seen a lot, sorry, we have seen a lot, but, you know, you'd have to think that aren't in the South African A team thinking that you've sent guys over to New Zealand, but what it has done, they're coming over with a lot of confidence. And then I know those 13 guys that are here in New Zealand will be <laughs> They'll thinking, be going, geez, I want to get my jersey back. Exactly. You know, so we're going to see a tale of two ways of how it's been done. You know, you've sent the whole squad to over Australia, oh, sorry, to Argentina, which I think was probably the best thing. What Jip's talking about, the unit chats, the coffee chats, that time you're having in camp together, especially with guys that, you know, a lot of the team and the Crusaders and Chiefs weren't in that first part of the week. So 
I think it's going to be really important and it's going to be great to see how, how two different styles are going to go and who's going to get the result come Saturday night. Mm. IIU, what does IIU stand for? Oh, IIU groups, individual I operation <laughs> or something. You've oh, done right. a lot of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, you've done a lot of remember that. Individual operating yeah. like right. so front row, yeah. locks, yeah. Lucy's. Yeah. And you go have a cup of tea and have a yarn. Well, that's, I find talk that, about your roles. I find on yeah. tours the best part. It's the best part because you have so much time. Mm -hmm. You're not going back home to your families. You know, obviously you miss your families, but the times you can have coffees in the in the morning, dip through dinners after where you might have supper and you might have a, a, a um, an insides chat for half an hour. And the preparation side you get of it, you get so much more benefit being on tour. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good. It's, it was a very good decision, and the fact that those guys, some of those guys, got to play, they'll be backing up with that you know test experience and being able to have a good. Um, good one against the South Africans this week. Yeah, just while we're on a glossary, you said play two. What does play two mean? Oh, if you look at um, if you look at um, Geordie Barrett's try, the first pass that the halfback that Aaron Smith gave, I think there was a four that was inside there, but Caleb Clark was the second attacker. And so yeah. what that did um, is it went across the first ball, the first guy's face, went yeah. to Caleb Clark and it was square hands to then be able to get to the edge. Sometimes against high speed um, defence. So if you give it to the first player, they might be able to cut that off Strong and shut enough. it off. Yep. But because that first guy was engaged, putting his hands up, it went across his face, yep. it fixed the first two defenders, and then they were able to get it to the space on the edge. It just holds that defence as well. They can't push as early, which creates the space on the edge. Yeah. Yep. And yep. if you hear that on the mics, you can actually hear them call play two. Whether that was from Caleb or Bodie um, next yep. to him, it was definitely called cool a great um, great listening skills from Erasmus to get it there. Yeah. Do all the international teams or all of the teams use the same lingo? It similar. It wouldn't similar. be yeah. that lingo, maybe. Like, yep. even between teams in yep. New Zealand, like, you have to differentiate it because if you know it yeah you'd be going oh, okay well they're doing that so yeah you do have to sort of have your own license per mm. team there was some passiveness about the is that a word um about the the argentine team do did that help the fact that they seemed relatively passive Brent? well i just think the all blacks didn't give them a chance mm. i think in the first 40 minutes especially um the efficiency yeah the efficiency of the breakdown and their quick board it comes back we talk about it a lot in test matches if you don't if you get really quick ball and especially for the all blacks if we're able to do that then we're going to be able to score points like we did whether that be through the tip ball that frizzell did to scott barrett or it's the square hands on the edge we were able to dictate play and being able to do that whereas i think the argentinians will kind of Taking a taking a bit back, and I think we were just ruthless within that first 40 minutes. When they've done well, when the Argies have beaten us, it's, the, it's all to the breakdown. Mm. You know, mm. getting those turnovers, allowing them to kick the threes, but it's all been defensively, and they just could not get into that breakdown. And then, you know, the breakdown was so efficient for the All Blacks. Like sometimes they're only having one or two people clean it. You know, more often one. Yeah. And then. You know, because the carry was so good. Like, your breakdown efficiency is so based on your carry. Mm. If your carry is good or you get those little tips and you get in behind, um, you can be, you know, really damaging. And that, that's what they did. Mm. It was ruthless. Composure was the other thing. There were moments where there were errant passes. You know, obviously there were two times where they were stuck within their own end goal off, off exit plays. The composure, Bryn, um, was that a worry to you? Not necessarily. I think you look at probably the first... 10 seconds you might be thinking that mm. like they obviously had a plan in and around trying to get to the middle of the field and they have two kicking options you had Damo, you had Jordan you've got um, Bodie on the left hand side has some kicking options but I think that very first one the ball was just a bit slow and so they kind of missed the jump and then um, there's obviously a charge down but I think composure wise they did pretty well I think in the back end of the game in the second half we probably lost our way a little bit trying to play a bit too much in a few unforced areas trying to maybe force things because we're up by such a high amount of points, but um, no, I thought we made some really good spaces there. Again, when you've got the likes of Damien, Geordie and Bodie, that's three great genuine mm. kicking options to go long. Um, you saw a lot of that from Damien McKenzie, his ability that he did in the Chiefs, getting that long distance mm. to then be able to try and, 
I guess, force teams to try and make bad decisions in, the, in their attacking zone when they do come back. But no, I think it's a good space. And That's why I was sort of harping on about the D is like in the second half, they only had you know 37% position and 41% territory. So they were on defence most of that you know, second 40. And like that's not easy to do. Like that's late in a fixture, you know, and they didn't concede a try. Yeah. I just think their defensive effort was just really, really strong and is the more exciting aspect of it yeah. from, from my point of view. Mm. Not to harp on about it, but when you get stuck in a place to exit like that and the ball hasn't come as fast as it should, what is your bailout option against a team like South Africa who, you know, love pressure situations like that? I just think if you look at Damien McKenzie's example, even Richie's example, where both of them got charged down, it was just more so just not quick enough ball. Mm. So if it just gets stopped, you know, sometimes a half might get stuck with a foot there, mm. and then they're not set, and then they get a the, the, the defensive line gets a bit of pressure because they can go a bit quicker. I think you can it's always kinda... go back to the edge as well. You know, yeah. you know, maybe take a few more phases, but that's risky. Yeah. You know, you are you're you're taking more rucks. Um, you can always kick from nine. There's many you know, variations, but I think they'll be very clear on that. There's also so many moving parts in the fact that even though forwards may get the ball behind them, they've got a role to do to create this, the kick space for a mm. knowing, you've got to know your kicker, and if, if Damien's kicking off his right and he steps into that space and you're trying to block in this channel, well, that just leaves that that charge down space as well. So there's there's so many roles that probably weren't accurately done based off, mm. and I know we laugh about it, but that initial carry just didn't quite get that momentum going yeah. for them to, to kick on their terms. Here's the big question that everyone's going to be asking all week until Thursday and the team's announced. Do you give Damien another crack? Well, based on the way he played and the form that he has had, you talk around cohesion and being able to build confidence, he is deserving of another opportunity. Whether they do that, I, I don't think they will. I think they'll go with Richie um, at 10, but I think what it has done, and seeing that Richie Wong was on the bench in that 22 role, Damien does have the opportunity to come off the bench, whether that be at 10 or 15. We've seen that they're, they're not afraid to select three 10s, um, but confidence-wise, he's played well. Like Ian Foster talked about it, he played well at Super Rugby, had a good performance on the weekend, so he, more on that, he could play, but I think they'll go Richie based on previous, previous starts. Yeah, I just think they've got an idea about these first two tests, who's playing previous to whatever happened on the weekend. Mm. So I think, you know, Richie will be in the 10, but, you know, probably pushed himself into, you know, second option mm. um, is, is that Damien will be that first receiver yeah. if, if, if he is coming off that bench late in the, like, so that last 20. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all good things. He'll get another chance in the 10 jersey before they uh, head off. Do you think that there is actually an opportunity for him to push out Richie, or do you think that that's actually a decision that's been made, and they're just looking for a guy yep. who can be a backup option? Well, at the same time, Richie's got to perform as well. Yeah, you know, so he's going to have an opportunity against South Africa, whether he's chosen or not. I think they will choose him, and he's got to go out and perform. You know, when you've got a guy that's right behind you, he's had his whole, his whole career with Bowden in there, but they're obviously seeing him as a fullback right now. Um, he's got to perform. It's a he's fine balance, perform. though, isn't it? Like, you look at sport over the years, that not just rugby. Like sometimes, you know, let's probably. Talk about rugby league for a second. If you use the <laughs> New South Wales Blues team at the moment, there's yeah. chopping and changing, a little bit of uncertainty. Yes, that creates competition and a, and a real genuine belief that, oh, I can get a go here. But it also creates indecision and, um, you know, I suppose uncertainty on the field when they play. And I think when you've got your big game driver positions, um, you've got to know they've got the keys to the car a little bit. Um, so I, th I don't know if they've made that decision yet, but, you know, you don't want to have. Um, 
the team going, is it him, is it him? Mm -hmm. When they're both on the field, you, you want to know who the guy is. Mm -hmm. You know, when Dan Carter was out there, he was the guy. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel we've kind of missed a beat there. I think, like, you look around 2019, Richie was the 10, but since then, we're, we're having these conversations still four years later, who's our 10? And, you know, so hopefully this works, it, it would all works out for us when we end up winning a World Cup, but I think we missed the beating around giving the guy the keys early doors, maybe two years or a year out, um, saying, you know what, we're going to back you for this ability to be able to have the cohesion, the confidence to, to say, this is your team. Um, but we're still having that conversation now where we're talking about Damien as a genuine option because of his performances on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, and I think we can take this weekend, but after that, that you probably want to have to see some consistency. Yeah, you yeah. have to. You've been in a similar position. I mean, it was you and Mitch Drummond at the Crusaders for a significant period of time. Mm. What was that like as far as your confidence and your ability to run a game when you didn't know whether you are in or out week in, week out? Well, you do get a bit of anxiety because obviously um, it was all based around form. But at the same time, as a player, you love that. You know, if you don't play well, you're not going to get rewarded. But at the same time, you're knowing that, geez, I've got to be on every single time here. And so that competitiveness is great because it keeps you on edge and you have to be able to perform. But at the same time, you know, you look at Dan Carter, for example, or Aaron Smith, right? Um, they've earned their jerseys to be able to do because they've performed at um, international level. But I can imagine the confidence in knowing that you're going to be the starting nine and ten for your country and being able to be backed and feel that backing. Yeah. You're going to get the best performance. You look at Richie at Super Rugby level. Um, he knows he's got the He knows he's got the keys. Car. And you're seeing yeah. the best version of him. Um, and so I don't think that's been done at the All Blacks. Probably for all the tens there, actually, since the 2019 World Cup, they've kind of chopped and changed. And um, just due to the fact we've got two great tens and now Damien coming on. Um, so I guess it's, it's just different. The confidence level I think Richie has at All Blacks is a little bit different than it is at the Crusaders. Yeah, and really is that a, prob is a problem, do you think, this year? Well, I just think the difference, and I'm not, not, not putting myself being drummy as like Bowden and Bad and Richie in the same class, but we've just got great two great tens. We've had two great tens, a, a guy that was a former World Player of the Year. You can't understate the ability that he's had at that. Mm. So you're going to give a guy who's got also 100 caps experience in that jersey, you know, but they've obviously made a decision now that they're seeing him as a 15. Whether that could have been done two years earlier and just sticking with it, then we could have seen maybe a better Richie Wong. We might still see the best version of Richie Wong coming forward yeah. if they give him the keys moving forward. Yeah. I think after this week, though, you want clarity of role. Yep. Your roles and responsibilities are so... Um, yeah. key for everyone else as much as the, the player. And it's not about gifting it. Like, if they're not playing well, then they're gone. But yeah. you won't get anywhere near as many opportunities this week. So it's about when you get given mm. them, you take them. Yep. Mm. Mm. That Springboks. Which, if you look at the Springboks, sorry, um, yeah. but that Springboks-Aussie game, Aussie actually created a lot of opportunity. Mm. They just didn't finish it. Yep. You know, especially early on. Um, and, you know, discipline killed them in the end. But they created opportunity, but they weren't ruthless enough in, in terms of, you know, sort of putting an owl in their coffin and getting getting their own tails up. What was your take on the box and how they played? Yeah, like I was... I did this work on the stats previous prior to coming here. Um, and it sort of made me confused a little bit because when I watched it, I was like, holy hecka, man, this is like... And I don't want to use the word B-team, but guys getting an opportunity. Mm. Um, and maybe it's because they're not in Super Rugby, I'm not watching these players as regular as I, as I once was. Um, but man, they've got some depth. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. You know, like, um, we were sort of waxing lyrical last week about France and Ireland, but I don't know, to, to put out a side full of opportunity and you're resting, your, your, you're giving your big dogs a week over here, um, man, like, 
Yeah, I probably actually want to apologise to our South African viewers <laughs> because... Well, we didn't say they weren't. Like, I don't think we need to apologise. I like. think, for me, for me personally, I didn't think they were going to be that dominant. No. Yeah. Like they were, and what, so just coming on, the variety of the way they scored, I think, really is something that I enjoyed. Because we know that they're going to be able to go to set-piece dominance. They've got to line out more trial, which is going to be their stock standard play. They did the front peel around the front, which is obviously something that's a bit of variety. Oh, that, poor old Vonnie Valley. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. He was <laughs> caught at sea, wasn't yeah, he? he was. And then I think even Adam says um, third try, they just Overpushed. folded around the corner. Overpushed. Quick ball, and then they saw the opportunity to two-on-one, um, puts him away. No, but I just... Those three defenders running across from the Wallabies, and they all get stepped. Yeah. You know, like, surely you can see... And I know it's easy. My wife always says this to me when I'm watching the game. She's like, oh, you used to say, you know, it's easy to sit here. You know, it's a lot different. It moves a lot faster <laughs> yeah. when you're out there, which is true. Yeah. So I will temper my comment with that before I give it. Um, but, like, three of them all just fall over and get stepped, whereas yeah. surely one goes, OK, well, he's going to step in here because there's yeah. two others going. It was just those little things. And yeah. maybe it's new coaching, new systems. I get it. Um, yeah. I don't think they're out of the running, but I certainly... I didn't see that performance coming. Mm. No. And I just think the last point as well with the South Africans, then I think it was in the 75th minute, the Toits try. Mm. That was just kind of a statement for me. They, they just beat them into submission. They just went around the corner in the 22 area, big men going in low, going around the corner, and the Toit just pops it over, just well, like that. Yeah. We talk about game line stats, and I, I don't know why I'd love I've to become obsessed with them, but yeah. I have, because I just think it's such a key part of the breakdown is getting the carry right. Dwayne Van Mullen. Like I think he had like eight or nine carries, 100% gain line. <laughs> <laughs> just, at test match level, that's pretty much, like, I couldn't believe it, like, when I looked. And then, um, you know, Detroit had, you know, 90-odd percent um, in Van Staden. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, he was he was in the 80s as well. So that's six, seven, and eight. Yeah. Their ability to win collisions, not only with ball in hand, but moving bodies, um, tackles is... Yeah. They don't even have Itzabeth or Marks. Yeah. You're oh. there and you know, like, it just... man, Because we, in Khaleesi, their captain's not even there, but I think it just shows, like, we don't have the opportunity to see the South Africans a lot now. Yeah. And I think, for me, it was just a reminder. It's like, oh, yeah, righty oh, this is oh, what... Yeah. This is what it's all about. And so, yeah, I think the All Blacks are under no illusions. They'll know that the intensity is going to be right up there. I definitely drove here... Like I do when the Crusaders put a score on the Blues, knowing that I'm coming with my tail between my legs. Um, after saying I thought it was going to be a lot closer um, for the Wallabies versus the, the Springboks. Like, I know the YouTube comment section will be uh, relishing uh, that. But I was really impressive. One person I would change, and this isn't to have a crack at um, Tom Hooper, but, like, sort of like my Mark's argument, like, Pete Simon has to be on the field more. Yeah, but I think there was one, a couple of positives I thought for the Australians. I think Carter Gordon, I think is his involvement off the bench, I think he might be one of the start, and I think, you know, I think there's another bit of opportunity. You know what you're going to get with Quake Cooper, we had that discussion, we know we're going to get with Bodie. But I think it's a good time to maybe bring Carter Gordon in, and I thought Marika Korobeti was a man possessed, trying to at least oh, try to win collisions and get over the advantage yeah. line. But, yeah, Carter I, Gordon possibly. And I think a Hodge can play a Geordie Barrett role. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think he's got, you know, I sort of harped on about James O'Connor in that quarterfinal against the Chiefs but if he could get that kicking mm. game of his because he can kick he's, yeah. he's got a big lever as well but if he could free up that pressure off the 10 especially if it is going to be a Carter Gordon mm. um, you know he could be a he could be a great fix in, in that 12 jersey but I do think he needs that finesse um, of an O'Connor and being able to read the backfield as well as having that physical presence mm. which I think Geordie's got a great balance yeah. on at the moment. Mm.
One of the things that we spoke about last week was Eddie Jones's wish to revolutionise Australian rugby, you know, and go to more of an international regime where you spend less time hitting the ball up after three or so. If you're not getting anywhere, get rid of the ball. Mm. That relies on dominance at the collision, doesn't it? Mm. And and so it's the the whole game plan falls apart if you don't get that. Mm. Yeah, and but it's sort of touching on you know we're talking about exits before. Like you can go in with that plan, but if if there's four people in the backfield, yeah. don't kick it because yeah. there's space somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and at times they showed their little attacking kicks. You know, if we talk about Carter Gordon's try. Like and I know it's late in the game, but do you know what I mean? Like there are other. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Avenues to sort of break down defence. Yep. Um, sometimes when you go with that prescription at, you know, 30, mm. they, they out kicked the Springboks, which is very rare. You know, yep. normally you see Springboks and RG will kick mm. around that sort of, you know, low 30s, high 30s sometimes. But 32 kicks in play by Australia versus 30 for the Springboks, which I know. Mm. But they had a lot more ball. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that's a, that's kicking away a hell of a lot of ball when you're when you're behind the. But um, the yellow cards didn't help. And I thought Lebok. I think just going back to the Springboks, mm. man, he's one guy. I know they've got Pollard, and I know he might mm. be injured, but man, he's they're a different team. I think his ability to be able to get the ball of quick ball to be able to get it to that space, and I think. I don't know, it looks like an evolution with the Springboks at the moment. They, when they do have the opportunities, they are willing to play a little bit more mm. instead of putting in those contestable or kicking threats. But I was really impressed with Lebok. They're obviously a bit different when it came to the goal kicking, but, man, mm. he was something different. Yeah. Very similar to Willemse last year's interview tour. Yeah, big fan of Willemse. Mm. Yeah, well, you've got Lebok, you've got Willemse, you've got Elton Yankees, and then Pollard will be back at some point. So you've got some solid choices. I would imagine generally they're a touch conservative. So Pollard would be the go-to come... He's not, he's not available, though, is he? Not available till after the Rugby Championship, apparently. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see come the World Cup. If, if Lebok has dominated with that style of play, what will they do? But then they might go Willemser as well, they showed, you know. Yeah, I think it's that balance of bench as well. Like, if Willie LaRue stays fit, then they can probably be a little bit 
safer up front mm -hmm. because he does have that flair and that natural attack and, and a Vilimsa coming off um, who can probably play midfield at a push um, yeah. and cover that 10-15. Um, either way, Willems is there for me. Like He's mm. very key in terms of their ability to, to spice things up, especially late. For the Wallabies, I mean, there was a lot of chat about being them a, being a dark horse. Um, they've got a good draw at the World Cup. You know, they've got a good 23 on paper. Do you still feel, after watching that, that they remain a dark horse for the World Cup? I still think that it's the side of the draw that they're on. Like it's been talked about a lot with momentum us, as well. and obviously um, they're a new team. Eddie Jones has just come in, so they've actually got time to be able to try and get it right to build for a World Cup. Now they'd love to win the Rugby Championship, and they still have the ability to be able to do that. But I think the big goal for them is to be able to be there on the right side of the draw to be able to peak, like they did in that 2015 World Cup, and they peaked to get to the final. You know, so um, I don't think it's all lost. I think they'll get better. Eddie Jones will get a more of a grasp around spending more time, the selections, building more confidence around their game plan. Um, and just for the fact they're on that side of the draw, like, let's not mm. beat a beat around the bush around it. It's just the easier side of the draw. <laughs> Samu at six, McRide at seven, I think. I think that, Over Hooper? Uh, yep. Uh. I just think, like, manage Michael, like, he's had a, he's had a bit of time out. Um, you know, he had a tough end of last year, so I just think... Um, and McWright's just his form, mm. man. He is just, he is a mini hooper. Yeah. Mm. I've said it time and time again. I just think he deserves an opportunity. That loose forward trio um, could be a real weapon for them. Bryn, you've spoken about it. The wake up calls that you've had on time to time with the Crusaders yeah. and the amount of change that they've created and how they become so integral in the championship winning. Yeah. This is the Australians' chance. This is a, a, a horrible gift, but a gift all the same to change some things up. Oh, it is, and like, obviously we're not privy to being in that, in that environment, but you'd have to think that, you know, there'll be some review clips that they'll be saying, oh, this is not the standard of what it is to be a Wallaby, and so, mm. as a player, it hurts you. When, yeah. you. when you're talking around your country or whatever team you're a part of, and you're not, you know, you're not putting that effort around what the coaches want to see, so I'd like to think it'd be a pretty hard and brutal um, review, just to be able to set the standards, mm. being not, not together for very long, but then at the same time, being really solution focused to saying how we can be better. And there would have been some good things that they would have liked to have seen, so that they did see. But um, yeah, it could be a good stake in the ground for them to now hopefully kick on and be a, little, a lot better. They will be a lot better. They'll be a lot better next I, this week. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever you've been in that position and you've had to answer that question, mm. to me it sounded like you said, we're actually going to declutter and then just focus on the effort areas. Yep. And I, and I feel like the, the key there will be not throwing everything out. Mm. It'll just be simplifying the, you know, the four or five areas that they believe mm. an Australian jersey stands for and then just go out and focus on that and then let your natural instinct of playing. Because yep. they would have got a lot of information downloaded mm. and they probably had all of it in their head and they were mm. trying to use it all. Yep. Rather than write, you know, these are the three or four things we are going to nail, and yep. one has to be set piece, mm. and, and two has to be, I suppose, their collision work, both sides of the yep. ball. And, and if they just completely focus on that, the other stuff will become so mm. apparent yep. that they'll just yeah. pull trigger. And just to finish on that, it's just it's your intent. Like we always used to talk about your intent, and what was your mindset like in the, the, the I guess, you know, the review and what. Eddie might be thinking is a bad is a bad clip. What was your mindset? Were you fast to get into space? There was your intent right? Were you lazy? Those are the kind of words that you know. Whenever we had a had a tough loss, I look at that Waratahs game a couple of years ago. That review was just like man, you walked out of there thinking man, I didn't put, put enough in for that jersey and wanted to rectify that the next week and that next training, mm. our intent and our mindset was right on the job and then that kind of catapulted us to winning the championship that year after that bad game.
So I don't think you can ever say an Eddie Jones coach side or those players either, like, got to be respectful to them, just turned up. Like, they, they know where they were going. It was Pretoria. They would have had a good week. They yeah. would have, their intent and focus would have been, it just looked like they were a little cluttered to me. And that's when you get things wrong in your systems. And then you have to pull Moores down, penalty try. You know, like all those sorts of things because individuals aren't getting their individual job right, the collective can't mm. function. Uh, now, look, let's switch over to the women's game, the Pacific Four, where we saw pretty much the same thing with a big scoreline. Uh, the Black Ferns versus Canada, probably less of a surprise because of their standing in the game. Although Canada, you know, are, are up there-ish. Um, 52-21. Surprised? They, they had to fight. Yeah. You know, I think that period from about 20-minute mark when they you know, 21 up and then through to probably about the 60, it was quite a tight tussle. And, and the Canadians, man, they were quite physical up front, I thought. Yeah. You know, like um, the skippers try the way... You know, that was Kennedy Simon went in for a hit. And, mm-hmm. and she just, I was like, holy dooly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was enough for them to like about, you know, they're not fully professional or, you know, fully committed um, in terms of time. So you, you probably expect that scoreline. Um, but, man, that midfield again. Mm. Mm. Duplessis, man. Oof, man. You know, but like Brunt played her part. Like, so Duplessis had 15 carries, Brunt had 16. Duplessis 119 running metres versus 54, but a lot of those 16 carries were the ones that sucked in the defence that freed up those opportunities. Like, I thought, you know, I know Sylvia Brunt was strong against um, the Wallaroos, but, man, I thought this performance was better because it allowed Duplessis to shine. Yeah. Yep. And shine she did, and she, she made hay while it was shining, but without that um, focus um, and those sort of tough... Similar to the Geordie Rico argument we're having... Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was seriously impressive, and I think Duplessis, um, you know, even that kick that led so her try assist, her her, her her reading of when to give a pass and actually just take the ruck and mm-hmm. just know that I don't know she just seems yeah. to be in. And we spoke about it last week, but to think the midfield and Fitzpatrick and Flula, um, World Cup, where everyone was like, man, they're going to be tough to replace. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I just think like. Um, the thing I love about Amy Duplessis, she just she works off the ball. Like mm. everything that she does about her, whether it's a tackle, she's up quickly. She's getting into a position really fast. She's got really good silky skills to put people away. But what I've really enjoyed, especially in this test match, she's actually been able to attack, oh. been able to score tries. You know, she does all the dirty work, and sometimes it can be overshadowed a little bit with the likes of Brunt. She's quick too, and she is deceptively quick. So I just think she's one person. I think is just since she's been given an opportunity last year, post World Cup, and even in the World Cup. We're seeing a much better version. Look, Grace Brooker hasn't even had an opportunity yet. You know, and you'd like to think possibly, I think, with USA uh, getting pumped by the Australians, we might see a bit of change in that in that team. But, um, yeah, very impressive for Amy Duplessis. I just think she's continuing to keep getting better. And I think it came at a good time for them. You know, it was 28-21 with 56 minutes to go. And I guess to have that composure to then kick on and score, you know, three or four tries, um, it'll set, mm. set them up nicely mm. moving forward against the Americans. Can I just sing about the loose forward trios too? So... Chelsea Bremner, 17 tackles, 100%. Kenny Simon, 18 tackles from 19 attempts. And Mickey Alley, too, 16 tackles, 17 attempts. And the type five are very low numbers in the mm. tackle. So the work and the double efforts that those three were doing mm. was massive in providing the opportunity. The one work on, though, will be line out and, and scrum 
um, operate at 80% line-out time, where you know Canada operated at 90%, um, and then scrum time, you know, they were 85% versus 100%. So there is some work on, especially for the Type 5 members to, I suppose, lift their mm. Mm. Um, their game and, and what I suppose what they're bringing to the party too, because it can be even more ruthless. I think yeah. there's still there's still plenty of growth. Yeah, and I think they'll be wanting that as well. I think it'd be a nice little check for them, knowing obviously the set piece and a few things that they'll want to work on. You know, they won't be happy with the fact that it got that close, mm. but they're able to push on, which is great. But knowing you know Mike and the coaches in there, they'll be wanting to be a little bit more ruthless and continuing to be a bit better with knowing this USA team that just got heavenly beaten by um, Australia. Yeah, and that's an interesting chance for the Black Ferns this week, considering the Aussie team that they smashed then smashed USA. You think see changes? Yes. Yeah. I think we've got a good opportunity now. Like, I've had two solid outings. Yeah. Um, there, was bit, there was a bit of change, especially in the Type 5 um, for the, the Canada game, but yeah, I think I think there'll be there'll be change. You'd probably want to rest up that midfield as well. Yeah, they've played some big minutes and had big games. They may not want that because you know, <laughs> when you're flying high, you yeah, want to you want to keep going. So yeah, those Lucys will could do with a break as well. I'd say mm. suggest. And Grace Brooker probably deserves a shot considering her opicky form. Oh, she is, and that's the thing. I think you know, like Jip said, we'll see some change, and um, some girls will be given an opportunity to try and express themselves. Because at the same time, you want to be able to build depth, mm. being able to give keep those girls engaged, and being able to give them the opportunity to prove themselves. So. Um, yeah, I think we'll see some we'll see some changes, and hopefully it's not clunky, and they can just continue to keep getting better, and like they did in that last, you know, probably the first first 20 minutes, and then the last 20 minutes as well. Yeah. Now before we move on to a bit of tipping, I just want to talk about Sam Kane and the trip. Um, for anyone who missed it, at the end of the game, there were a lot of streakers. From what we're told, up to 15 streakers made their way across the field. One almost hit. Damien McKenzie during a post-match interview for Sky. So there was a lot going on and obviously a lot of frustration building. Then a player runs around the all-black huddle, Kane walks out, puts his foot out, guy goes, goes down and then carries on on his way. I suppose, you know, outside of whether it's the right thing to do or not as an all-black captain, as a player on the field, when a streaker comes on, what is your general emotion? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Do you feel like you're under threat? Like, how do you feel on the field when that stuff happens? Oh, I think it just depends. I think for me, if I see someone naked, I'm not really that worried, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I just want to. I want to. I do want to go back to that because, um, you know, obviously there has been a bit of heat around it. Like, you know, Sam's obviously done what he's done. He's come out and put his hand up. He went on Instagram straight away and said that it's, it's out of his character. Um, he wanted, he tried to reach out to the guy, which is great. He obviously mm. obviously did that. But at the same time, like, if a guy's coming up to you, you don't know what his intention is. Mm. He might have a knife in his pocket. Yeah. He might have something that might be hurting not only players, Sam Kane, or the players in and around there, or the Argentinians. And so at the same time, it's tough around, like, the accountability of that person not to get them on the field. Streaker, it's happened a lot more. It's illegal. Yeah, it, it is. You know, and so I think the great thing that I think, Sam, that he came out early, he said sorry, um, it was out of his character, he's done that. But at the same time, I think that should just be it. Like, there shouldn't be any ramifications being able to get, he gets suspended. He came out, it was a, pretty much an idiot that's come on the field, really, he shouldn't be on there. Mm. And that should be the end of it, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, Sam's are going to look at it, but at the end of the day, they need to look at their own systems as well, because they're in charge of the competition and... Mm. Uh, I suppose the safety of the players, and that was 15 people. And, and I, you know, if you look at when Richie McCaw—I can't remember the guy's name—but obviously he was attacking the ref, and he he pulled him off. Had it been an adult, I think you know maybe mm. it wouldn't have split 
the you know I suppose Twitter or whatever. Um, but you know Sam got ahead of it and he realised that obviously being a kid that's not what he would normally do. So he put his hand up. Um, but there had I believe apparently there was a lot of altercations you know from other. I don't even know if you can call them streakers because everyone wears clothes now. Mm. Yeah. The pitch invaders. Yeah. Um, but that potentially had, you know, come in contact with players. Yeah. Um, but that context isn't given. I don't know that for fact either. Um, but, you know, he's front-footed it. Um, you know, he knows him being, uh, mm. you know, I suppose, I don't even know what he's, 15. Mm. Um, you know, it's not the right thing he wants to do. Um, but, you know, had it been an adult, I'd say people would have said otherwise, you know. Uh, and they have history shows they have. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think, yeah, I'd be disappointed if he got a ban because I yeah. don't think it has brought the game in disrepute. Mm. I'm amazed that someone got on the field. The size of those nets and you know the when you go to those but so many the pitches. Yeah, yeah. fifteen. That's, 15, yeah. that's a number. That's yeah. A, yeah, there's a few gaps in them, I think. <laughs> yeah, someone's coming in with wire cutters. Because yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. they are, they're like those Argentine grounds. Yeah. They're like fortresses, you know. Yeah. Some of them got moats. Like, you know. They won't have a moat? <laughs> I don't Possibly. know. Yeah. I, th I think it is a bit of a problem though, you know, there is Oh, it's yeah. an all sport. It is. It's like even um the Warriors game in Napier. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, unfortunately it just means games don't go back there. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's too much risk. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know what they're carrying. Yeah, you know, and there is a lot of I suppose people that sometimes use sporting events to promote other, um, I suppose, causes that they believe passionately in, which, you know, you want to make sure that that, you know, doesn't come at the detriment of a, of a player being injured. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if it plays out like that again in the coming games in Argentina, because I would imagine that there's a fairly solid crackdown. Uh, years ago, they had one of those no-whistle policies. Remember, they used to whistle through the mm. kicks, mm. and they, they brought in this no-whistle thing, and that appears to have worked. You don't hear the same amount, so mm. get the feeling that hopefully they can get get that going. But Yeah, yeah. we can yeah. get talking about rugby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's talk back about rugby, the tipping. Um, let's start with the All Blacks versus South Africa. I am unsure about how this one will play out um, after watching the weekend. What do you think? It's going to be a great test match. I just, <laughs> I'm thinking of the South African <laughs> section here. No, I, I, look, I think, I think we will win. Yeah. But I just think it's going to be, a, it's going to be a great test match. You've got two teams that are, had a really good performance come week one. They've come in strong. Um, there wasn't a, a lot of clunkiness around, especially the first half of the All Blacks. Um, and you got, we're going to see the difference between sending a team to a different country earlier and then been able to get a team that's gone over to another part of the country and had a week. So yeah. it's going to be a great test match. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to pick New Zealand. I'm really unsure as well, purely because I think there's going to be a lot of change in both sides. I think there, there'll be um, you know, opportunities given. Clearly the Springboks will have a lot of change, um, but I think they, they would have had a clear plan of who was playing this um, test. So it's a hard one to predict, but I, I think you know, home advantage, it doesn't matter if you've been acclimatising um, here, I think the crowd does, you know, does help you. And just on that, obviously not being at Eden Park, it's a big, mm. big factor as well. I think it's a lot being, closer. Yeah, and the atmosphere at Mount Smart is, yeah, yeah. is something that the the Springboks certainly wouldn't have yeah. come across at Eden Park. Well, I can imagine Rassi were thinking, you know, maybe he might be thinking of something that they're not at Eden Park, their home, or they're at Mount Smart, which actually a lot of, a lot of the guys love mm. the Warriors and Wilson having an opportunity to play there would be good. But you know, there's a difference between 40,000, 45,000 yeah. to to 20,000. So. Mm. Good, yeah, challenge, no, good challenge for the All Blacks. Man, sometimes you can look at Eden Park, 45,000, and I love Eden Park, don't mm. get me wrong. Um, but then you flick to a Warriors game and it's 
20th, and you're just like, holy dooly, that place is going off. Hopefully yeah. some Warriors fans come. Yeah. I mean, great to have them there. The drums yeah. as well would be nice. Yeah, uh, and to, to that point, often rugby league teams go very poorly at Eden Park, and the rugby teams that have based themselves at Mount Smart, while they weren't superpower rugby teams, have not gone well no. at Mount Smart either. All Blacks so. have, though. They yeah. yeah. against Tonga. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll go off that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if they win it, why do they win it, Bryn? Well, I just side of the crowd. Like, well, I just think it's a continuation of the work that they've done in the Argentinian game. It's going to be at the breakdown area. Um, I think if we can win collisions and get, you know, to the points Jeff's talking about winning, we have opportunities. If we can execute to that ruthlessness like we did on the weekend, um, we'll be able to score some points. But set-piece parity is going to be massive. Um, us being able to win defensive line, that's about our own ball as well, and being able to stop their their variety that Jips talked about, um, and also their line-out more and their scrum as well. They've got a great forward pack, and especially the, the six props, also the four props and the, and the two hookers. Um, it's going to be a big battle for that forward pack, but went very well on the weekend, so that's where they won it. I think that number there, 13 penalties, that's a lot of opportunities to piggyback yourself into the 22. Um, that's going to have to be crucial, but as I said, you know, discipline isn't... Um, you know, something that you focus on. You focus on the accuracy and the and the parts of the game that are important. And you know that set piece, like that was a strong set piece performance from the All Blacks. Yep. Mm -hmm. So replicating that, yep. and because that's only going to get parity. You're not going to get the dominance this week. Mm -hmm. So that'll get you the parity, and then it's that ball carrier, mm -hmm. that ball carrier winning those collisions. Is it raining? It's been raining in Auckland the whole time. It's, been bad. <laughs> I don't know. it's rained all year. It's it's been 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 but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. That, that difference yeah. as well. Um, I'm, I, I think the um, All Blacks played Argentina last year in Christchurch. A little bit wet and that time that you have with that ball on hand like they would have had in Mendoza would be a lot different and the kicking element and the contact will be a lot different. So it'd be interesting to see what the weather's like on yeah, Saturday night. Hopefully like, uh, it's sort of similar to what I was saying about the Aussies. It's like just keeping things simple. Mm. Mm. Like, But this game is going to be a clash of the titans and just keeping you know limited menu real you know two or three things that you want to focus on as a pack yeah. um, and that will allow the backs to make the right decisions as we saw on the weekend so I just don't think overcomplicate it mm. just just really focus on the individual accuracy and the key yeah. key parts of the game and for, for all of our South African viewers Auckland recently has been typical Auckland it rains for two hours it's sunny for two hours it pours <laughs> for two hours it's sunny for two hours it drizzles for two hours like Hail and you just don't right know <laughs> what is about to happen to you at any moment. So anything could happen on Saturday night as far as the weather is concerned. The Wallabies versus Argentina. Jipper, Wallabies? Yep. Straightforward? No. Just think at home. Um, I don't know, I don't know what, what it is. I just think, yeah, I think they'll be simplifying things. Um, it's a big trip for Argentina as well. And so there's not, they're not going to get as, I suppose, much time as maybe previously. I know the uh, Wallabies won't either. Um, but I just think at home, uh, it's going to be close. Like, geez, it's going to be close. But um, from, from what I believe, and I probably know more about the Wallabies players if I'm, if I'm being fair, mm -hmm. but I, I know that squad's better than the performance they, they yeah. put up on the weekend. Yeah, I think we'll see an improvement in a lot of areas. Um, they're obviously going to... Needs some personnel change though. Yeah, yeah. I think the loose forwards, especially like a guy like Pete Samu and McWright, you talk around Jip, um, giving Hooper a bit of a rest, getting some, I guess, some energy um, in around that area. Well, Tame McDermott. But it, again, it just depends what kind of style they want to play. If they're going to stick to that kind of contestable game and suffer cannon like Eddie Jones did with England and winning that mm. kick battle, um, 
he might be starting the quad and then bringing on Tate McDermott maybe a little bit late, a bit earlier. Might be a 45, 50 minute substitution and bringing him on. And Eddie was pretty impressed by Carter Gordon too, so you'd probably think he's going I think he starts. Mm. I think he does. Yeah, no better chance, I think, if you're going to go for a World Cup against Argentina with his performance coming on in the last 20. Played really, really well. The Japan side, this is the full Japan side mm. against the All Blacks 15. You commentated this game. Yep. What do you think is going to happen? with the full Japan side against your Yeah, I think you're going to see just a lot more better execution, I think, in that, and for long periods of those, that, that game. Um, I think it's been a problem for them in the past and even been in Japan. Um, the decision-making under pressure and being able to hold on to the ball in crucial moments is probably an area where I think they need to be better. I think the All Black 15 as well, there might be some personnel changes, but I think they'll be pretty similar on how they're going to play. I just think the Japanese side need to take the opportunities when they do get them because I think um, I think just found on the weekend, especially in that second half, they had no momentum after being inside the 22. I think there was a period of play, they were inside the 22 and from there the floodgates opened and three or four tries came from that. So I'll pick New Zealand 15, but a better performance I think from well, the Japanese side. The All Blacks 15 tackled at 91.5% and you know the Japanese game line was at 30%. So yeah. they just couldn't get their game going um, in terms of what they'd seen previously. So it was a little bit too easy to defend because the ball was so slow. Um, I have to take note of a guy, I know I'm sort of looking back to go forward. I'll, I'll pick the All Blacks 15, but Naitoa Akoi, man. Mm. He, I, I think he's just grown an arm and leg this season. He put out some metallic numbers on the weekend, and I know he's a he's a he's a funny guy, and he probably doesn't you know come across as that serious nature. But man, he can get through his work. 18 tackles, 28 rucks, which was the most by anyone. 18 tackles was the most by anyone. Uh, six carries, you know, line out functioned well. Mm. Pretty pretty exciting, um, you know. Like it is hard that the Chiefs are losing uh, Brody, but. Man, yeah. if he can put on those sorts of performance week in, week out, he's, he's, those are retellic numbers. Yeah. Probably just look at two guys as well. I think if you're looking around all-back aspirations, um, you look at Jack Goodyear, probably hasn't had a lot, of, a lot of game time, but I thought his distribution and his ability to be able to get some contact metres as well, I thought was really good. And I thought Okita mm. was great, yeah, and Stephen Perifair, the Blues boys, Joe, was good. They, were, um, they were outstanding. I think Stevie not having the opportunities like he did last year just shows, I think, post-World Cup, or even if there are injuries um, in that team position, going to be a really good spot for the Blues um, and the All Blacks moving forward and I thought Akira had a yeah. great game. Um, great to see him in, in, in the edges. He was on the edges where we love to yeah. see him and he was able to um, yeah, have a really good day actually, opening, opening the Japanese defence up quite a lot. I thought Duplessis Karifi was good as you know, first opportunity for him in that side and yeah. he's been called into the All Blacks but never got to play but he was really strong and to keep someone like Harmon on the bench. Um, you know, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be a concern for Jamie Joseph if they can't win this game heading into a World Cup. I mean, they're a fully-fledged international team that's knocked off some of the best in the world. They should be knocking off New Zealand's they are. You know, 35 through 60th best players. He is a great man of planning and getting them to peak at the right time, if you think. Yeah. You know, even Eddie Jones the same when, when they had success under him. So I don't think it's panic stations. Um, but it wouldn't be a great look, no. Yeah. You'd want to see an improvement, I think, you know, the I think the second half was probably the biggest thing that he'd be disappointed about. I think the amount of points that were scored and the defensive side and not being able to get that right. Uh, but yeah, I think he even talked about it after the match trip around we've got a you know five or six games left before the rugby world cup and a lot of those guys have been in pre-season training, so they'll probably be under a bit of fatigue and a lot of load especially early on in the season. But mm. you'd like to think they'll get a lot better and um, it'd be a lot more competitive this so week. There's a coming. lot of disruption for the ABs 15. They had to go over in three flights. They didn't have a whole week. Like, they looked a bit clunky at the start. Mm. They started finding their mojo. Yep. 
the back end of that game. So I think they'll be better for it as well than, than what they showed last week. Uh, the next one is, I think, it's pretty straightforward. Blackburns versus USA. Oh, uh, yeah, Blackburns. Yeah, just by how much, really. Canada versus Wallaroos could be interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah. From What's, what I saw... Canadians are yeah. physical, man. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that's probably one area I think that the Black Ferns really dominated them in that physicality part. So if the Canadians can get that right in the physicality, I think you know they, they might pip the Wallaroos. But at the same time, you never you know, the Wallaroos. Yeah, they, they ran some well. great lines. Like they broke down the defence. Um, I think Canada looked much more threatening. Mm. So you know, and I'm assuming they'll be at home. So yeah, it's a good crowd that was along at the game. Oh well, there's plenty of good footy to watch this weekend. So we'll have plenty of good footy to chat next week. Um, thanks again, Bryn, Jipper, and uh, thank you for joining us on the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. We'll catch you again next week, and hopefully we should have an All Black on the show with us too. So uh, we'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you send us an email. Sorry, we didn't get to any viewer questions this week. Send us an email, comment on YouTube. We'll get to your questions, engage with what you want to know, and we'll catch you next week on the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Matiwa.